We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 15 DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you're looking for the cheat sheet, you got to wait until Saturday. That's when it comes out. I'll do it after the Friday update show. And then I do that late, so I'm like, eh, I don't feel like working anymore. It's a Friday night. I'll wake up on Saturday, throw up the cheat sheet. You probably don't want to look at it anyway, because after having like three good weeks in a row, not a good week in week 14 for me. Real bad. Heard one of the worst ever. Completely shut out. Not completely shut out. Patrick Mahomes and the stack of that game saved me a little bit of cash, but way down for the week. So I've had to call on some of the big guns for week 15 in order to get this going. We'll bring him in in a second, but I do want to let you know if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, what you do is smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me which $3,000 wide receiver, someone in the $3,000 range that you'd actually use this week because there's like kind of a bunch of them you could use, but... No one really feels good about it, so which one do you feel good about in the $3,000 area? Now, if you want to get into a draw for 75 DraftKings dollars, and I'm drawing multiple people for this, and even if you've entered it before, you can enter it again. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show or like why people should listen be like pat gives great advice if you tell people that i give great advice you'll induce your competition to listen to the show then you don't listen to the show maybe you can get two people to listen for the price of one and they'll copy my picks and you'll just clean them out on DraftKings that weekend sounds pretty easy to me uh so those two ways that's the way you can get into the draw if you want to play in the pat mayo experience listeners league the link is in the description of this podcast and video and of course, I keep bringing this up, but you've got to vote Mayo for Fantasy Analyst and Sports Betting Analyst of the Year. The link to vote is in the description of this video and podcast. Please, this goes a long way to helping out this show. I mean, I usually attach like DraftKings giveaways. I mean, it seems kind of like illegal to do for this one. So just asking you out there, please go vote for Mayo. There's two categories. Vote for me in both. Uh, the voting is open until Saturday. I think you can vote once a day or as many times you can like try to vote as possible. Go do that. Now, like I said, I got a heavy hitter coming in. Ben Raza from 
Awesomeo.com. He likes to win money, although not last week as well. Not last week as well. No, there was uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of messy situations with the Saints. But you know what? We got three weeks left. This is the last, I believe, Saturday game start uh, after this week. So we're getting to the tail end of the season here. I totally forgot about Saturday games next week. Yep. So, so I assume there's going to be like a faux Thanksgiving slate on DraftKings next week. That's my assumption, too. It sneaks up on me. This happens every year and every single year I forget that they play on Saturday once college football ends. Well, it always happens because like that's usually because I'm going back to like where my family is. Um, my wife, myself and my son are going like, like we can't go on like Christmas Day. So we're going to go a little bit early. So I usually always end up home on the Saturday weekend. And there's mm-hmm. usually two games, but like I can barely watch them. I'm just running around and doing everything. So I think this time I can like carve now that I know that it's happening. It's not just like randomly happening while I'm at a Christmas party that I might try to plan around this. I like the three game slates a lot. Oh, I'm a big fan too. You know, whether it's just like the afternoon slate or we, we have that on Thanksgiving, uh, you know, it's not too crazy where everyone is like 80% owned. You have some variety, but obviously it's a short slate. Those are some of my favorites. I'll tell you why. And the reason it's my single favorite thing is like where you only have the six teams to actually choose from. I make stupid picks all the time with these losers who don't do anything, but I'm doing it on like a 13 game main slate when that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. That's actually kind of the strategy on the small slates. Oh, yeah, you can take. I mean, if you can get someone who's playing and reasonable at like you know, 10%, sub 10%, especially if it's like a quarterback. Like last week, I'll tell you on the afternoon slate, I ISO'd Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Now that oh. did not work. Uh, but that is the type of egregious ideas that you can get away with a little more often on a, a smaller slate. Do you, do you think I have convinced you to go vote for me in that thing? I already did that, of course. Yes. It, was, it, was, it was the first, I and I, tr- full disclosure, that is something I rarely, if ever, would do. But I did make an exception. I voted for both of them. Uh, I I actually did that. So I recommend everyone else do it as well. I am really appreciative of that. Drewby actually mentioned out that uh, after he looked at how the voting works, like when you go log on to that page, if I just called myself a Patrick Mayo, I would probably win. Got to hack the system. I did have to scroll and, and find you. I'm not going to lie. But, I, uh, I know. Yes. I feel I feel like I'm at a severe disadvantage. It's not good. Yeah, you should have done the uh, the yeah the a a and hack that system to get up top. But you know what? I found you and I voted, so you, you got my vote at least. I did that for iTunes for a while. I changed the name of the show from Pat Mayo Experience to a Pat Mayo Experience. So when you went into your library of shows, it was always the first one that popped up. Yeah, that's that's how the pros do it. Yeah, um, classic hack, classic algorithm hacking and alphabetization hacking. That's right. That's the world we live in these days. That's what we need to do. If only this slate was that easy to hack. Thirteen games here. Oof. Well. I do think that there is a way that I don't, I mean, you're going to have to be right. Obviously when I wrote up my president's cup thing, I kind of laid out the strategy of like what I do think is the optimal strategy by looking at the rules, but I was like, you still have to pick the right guys to do it. Like that part. I don't know. I can tell you how to kind of construct your roster in the best way possible, but there are so many options. You're still going to have to, as Pete always says, you know, pick, pick the good players that tends to work out. Yeah. If you can just do that, you don't have to worry about everything else. Um, but for, for people like me, unfortunately, got to get into game three a little bit more, no matter what sport you're really playing these days. Well, because there are pay down options and multiple ones at the running back position, and then we look at receiver and you have guys like Elshon and Marvin Jones and DJ Chark, all like a litany of receivers who are all injured as well. And they've opened up supreme values at receiver and tight end if you want to go down. Like, what's the better way to build? 
So, I mean, I still think you have to, you can't just omit all the value. No, you want to, you, I like to separate it into buckets. You know, you get these obvious value guys, but what I always stress that's important is that guys in, in games that have nothing to do with each other are going to be correlated. Obviously someone like Christian McCaffrey, you know, last week is easy with Bilal Powell. Christian McCaffrey's ownership is directly tied to a guy like Bilal Powell because, you know, you plug him in and you're immediately boosted. And obviously they're in different games. There's, his success is not tied to the Jets at all. Um, so that's something you just want to be aware of, know what people are doing, and, and you just want to make sure that you have that leverage, which is really, at the end of the day, all you can ask for. So if we just talk about running backs to begin with, and we look at the top of the pricing, you mentioned McCaffrey. I believe that he's going to end up correlated with either DeAndre Washington or Patrick Laird this week, if that's where people go down. But you're getting a $500 discount on where McCaffrey has been the past few weeks. So he's only $10,000. Dalvin Cook is 8-9. Derrick Henry at home. Always the better place to play him, although it seems like every week is a good week to play Derrick Henry. He's 8,500. Then it's a drop to Chubb at 7,9. I don't quite know why. I mean, I guess the matchup is significantly worse for Elliott, but him being cheaper than Chubb just seems strange. Barkley is 77 against Miami. People are going to love that. Fournette is 76. Then Chris Carson, I do think, is the best play of the week at 7,500 bucks here. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's dead last DVOA against the run. Penny is gone. Uh, he can fumble and they probably still can't pull him. He, he's a good price. And, and like I said, Carolina, Carolina and Jacksonville right now, uh, th- those rushing defenses look just unable to stop anybody. So when you get a quality back, it's open season against those fronts. Did you know that Aaron Jones, I'm just looking at his numbers right now, that in the majority of the week so far this season, he has either scored 27 or more points or fewer than eight points. It's extreme. Um, The boom bust of him now, he's done it, you know, when you have games with three and four touchdowns, that'll do it. But last week, you know, he only found the end zone once he just he absolutely gashed the Redskins. And that's not it it seems really counterintuitive because he's in like a not a I don't want to say a full time share, but it's not a dominant, you know, workload situation. Yet he has so much boom bust in his game uh, at home against the Bears, who good defense, but not certainly what we thought they were at the beginning of the year. So of those top 10 guys, would it be Carson that you think you'd go to? Because you can construct a lineup with McCaffrey and one of these guys if you want to. But I think a lot of people are just going to gravitate towards Carson and Barkley, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think so, too. People, I mean, Dalvin Cook, it's hard to play him with much confidence right now. Henry's got a Q tag. Chubb and Kareem Hunt have, you know, that there's some volume issues there. Zeke in a tough matchup. And then you go all the way to the top. Of course, you can, you can play McCaffrey, but he hasn't been killing you if you've been fading. Uh, he's not finding the end zone. He's a lock, of course, for like 100 total scrimmage yards at the floor. And if he's going to get 10 catches, it's not going to be terrible. But at the same time, I think most people are going to start with either Saquon or Carson, and then they'll have plenty of room to spend elsewhere. So last week was McCaffrey's fourth worst week of the season, and he scored 24.5 DraftKings points. Yes. I mean, if he gets double digit targets, uh, it's I don't want to say he it's he can't kill you because, you know, you're not looking for two and a half X. But it, at the same time, the raw points are going to be there. And, and if he if he gets a bonus, I mean, he's live for two bonuses, which most people can't say. Or if he finds the end zone, it's going to be pretty good. So I, I will continue to do what I've been doing with him, which is just have moderate exposure, small position, either under or overweight, not defining my slate each and every week. So if I was going to rank value from these top 10 guys, I do think that Carson's the best. Like you mentioned, he's just so not in danger of losing his job at this point against against the worst defense. So 
I mean, just watch him now. He'll probably get hurt in this game or he'll fumble eight times and they'll finally end up pulling him and he'll end up with negative points. But Barkley is the really interesting one to me because it's the best matchup he's had in ages. But, like, he's been bad. Oh, he's, I mean, he's been awful. It's Every run is just trying to make something insane happen. It's not working. The line, he's not getting the targets. Uh but then you look and it's like, all right, he's sub 8K at home against Miami. If he's going to get 20 something touches, and I think that's very, you know, to be expected. I mean, you can't ask for much more. So I have him behind Carson as well, but I'd be lying if I said, even with the poor play, I'm not interested. Yeah, see, like Carson and McCaffrey would be the two that I'd be trying to build around. I think that you can do that. Uh, Aaron Jones is just sort of, Aaron Jones is kind of sneaking into that Tyreek Hill territory for me, where if you're just playing, if you're playing like three lineups, you don't necessarily need to have to play them. But if you play like 50 lineups or 30 lineups that you might want to just have exposure to them because they apparently can break the slate at a moment's notice. Yeah, I mean, and that comes down to, you know, in each sport, there are guys like that. And they're just, to me, a little more ownership dependent. Like Tyreek Hill, when he is, you know, 5% owned, I make it a priority to make sure I get a little leverage just because he can always break the slate. When he's chalk, I tend to come in underweight just because the floor on these guys is miserable, despite them being really good players. So he he's going to be an interesting pivot because Carson is going to be popular. There's no doubt about it. What about Fournette, though? I know the Jags have been awful. You know, Oakland's not good either, though. Do you have any interest in him kind of in in that, you know, again, pivot range? Uh, I do, just because of the pass-catching prowess, and I think it could bleed itself into a larger portion of the target share because it doesn't look like DJ Chark is going to play this week. So you have Oakland. You would expect this game to be somewhat competitive. It's minus 6.5, although Feinberg and Tim have been saying it for like three weeks that Jacksonville's just packed it in, like they're not even trying anymore, and their results would actually back that up a little bit. So I don't really know what to make of them. It was funny, like at the beginning of the year, Oakland's rush defense was really, really good. They were ranked inside the top 10 of DVOA for the first half of the season, even with those numbers, but waited recently. They're down to 27th overall, so you can run uh, fine on Oakland. So I think that he's just going to be one of these sandwich guys where people like Barkley, people like Carson, I could see myself giving up exposure and shares of Saquon Barkley and moving them on to Fournette if that's how I decide to build. Yeah, and you said it. They've Their last five games, they've 17 or more in terms of, you know, margin of losing, that's just miserable. They've been blown out basically every week for net. Yeah. He's getting the passing work because of that, but he, you know, he hasn't had a good game script. I think Oakland does win this game, but at the same time, maybe it stays a little more competitive. Who knows? Uh, Even though I I do kind of agree with the sentiment that the Jags, I don't know what they're doing. They just look absolutely lost and they just want the season to be over. Well, when we said the problems with Delvin Cook, obviously Delvin Cook is still great and he could go smash here. I just worry about his workload right now. Same. And they have a, you know, a competent backup. They've, I don't, I just don't think the ceiling is there barring, you know, of course, if he breaks one, but for, for paying that tag, I I would just, I'd rather play Derrick Henry if I had to play someone in that, in that middle range there. I I would as well. Uh, So Chubb or Elliott, I can see myself getting behind Elliott here. Yeah, I mean, I know everybody, rightfully so, is just laughing at the Cowboys, but they're still, you know, a coin flip to win this game. They are at home. It's not a great matchup, but I don't mind Zeke uh, in a vacuum. And they're just so bad. Obviously, that them and the Eagles will play an elimination game coming up, but 
I wouldn't be stunned to see Dallas win this game, even though they've struggled mightily here. Yeah, and it's like on paper, it's a really bad matchup. Obviously, the Bears are getting better. I just think that Zeke can do some stuff out of the backfield, and it just becomes touchdown related for him. I mean, that's a Nick Chubb problem right now is that he's not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you're paying this, unless you're going to get outliers in terms of targets, you need to find the end zone and grab bonuses, and the Cowboys have just been anemic. And yes, the Rams front is not something that I'm looking to attack by any stretch of the imagination. But when you have a guy like that, uh, if Dallas wins this game, we could see upwards of, you know, 25 carries. That's that's in the realm of possibilities. So let's skip this entire middle tier for a moment and drop to the bottom of the pricing because I think there is relative value that you can find down here. And that's who you're going to pair up with these top end guys if you wanted to. Uh, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play and the Raiders signed Rod Smith late on Tuesday evening, which would sort of like at least pushed their hand a little bit saying Jacobs probably isn't going to play. So it leaves you with Rod Smith, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard. Look right now, Jalen or uh, DeAndre Washington, $4,700 against Jacksonville, who along like Carolina, one of the worst run defenses in football that I think I'd probably use them in every lineup. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars are so bad that, you know, Melvin Gordon and Eckler just destroyed <laughs> them together. Like they just can't even, I will say I don't I don't think it's that crazy if and Washington's going to be very popular and I like him and I get it. I think you could use Richard though uh, if you don't if you want to take a savings. He's going to see you know a handful of carries and some targets. He's cheaper and it's open season right now uh, for Jacksonville. I do worry that if Oakland leads throughout, it certainly doesn't favor a Jalen Richard game script. But I think you can make a case for either of these backs. That would be the big thing. Like, if you believe what Vegas is telling us and the history that the Jags have shown over the past few weeks, there's six and a half point favorites. And we saw that DeAndre Washington even stayed in the game a lot when they got down to Tennessee. He was the guy who was always on the field when that game was competitive. And then eventually, once the game got out of hand a little bit, Richard came into play. So I think if you're going to use Richard, you'd have to correlate it some way with the Jags offense. Yeah, I don't even mind if you wanted to go you know, with some type of where you're using Fournette or DD uh, and, and even not even a full game stack, just, you know, a couple players. So I may look to that. I don't think it's necessary. Obviously, Washington is the much safer play, but you're paying, you know, 4700 It's cheap, but it's not a, you know, a basement price tag by any stretch. It's not a basement price tag, but I do think that he is situated the best. Now, if Jacobs plays, obviously, that's completely off the table, but yeah. I... But I don't think that he'll be as owned as much as he should be, would be my thing. No, I don't. Like, he might be 30% owned, but he shouldn't be 30% owned. Even in tournaments, he should probably be, like, 80% owned. So, uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, again, below Powell was, like, ungodly owned last week. How how much was Powell, and like, how much did he ended up being owned? Oh, he was owned. I mean, it depends on... Uh, you know, I, I just saw a tweet about this by someone. I can't remember who, and it's very true. I know most people use the milli as a barometer, but it dra- it drastically changes. Like in higher stakes, Bilal Powell was like 65, 70% owned. Well, um, you, I mean, that's the, you can almost do that for any sport. I think the millionaire yeah. maker is a good gauge of how the public is actually perceiving anyone and the higher stakes you get. Not to say that because you're playing more money, that automatically makes you sharper, but it tends to be sharper. The sharper plays end up 
going up there. Like the the safe like value plays are just wildly overrun, and then people differentiate. Their, I mean, you play in these tournaments, I don't. But that's usually how it works, isn't it? Like you can just basically fill out a cash ish lineup because you're playing in smaller field tournaments, at least with the chalky cash ish plays, and then differentiate at quarterback or pick the high end receiver who's going to be lower owned and just fiddle with it that way instead of going completely off the board. Yeah, because you can miss on plays up there and still win the tournament. You know, in the Millie, you you can't have, well, I shouldn't say the guy who had, that team was just so absurd, but most likely you need every spot really going nuts. What, why uh, why were people so upset about I, this guy's team? Like people I, were like, it, it, they took it like as a slight. Like, yeah, I, the, you can say that like people were saying like, well, that team sucked. I can't believe it won a million. Well, clearly it fucking didn't. It won a million bucks and it blew out the competition. And I'll say this. I've, I, I get... I've seen hundreds of worse teams do major damage. That team, I, you know, it looked fine to me. It wasn't like the guy stacked a team and then ran the defense <laughs> against his stack or something. And he got like three pick sixes with his own quarterback. Like, yeah, he didn't run it back with the Saints player. I don't think that that's, but you know, there's people a hell of a lot smarter than me that have all this stuff. I have no idea. It looked good to me. And he, he won going away. So uh, with one bullet, I want to add, that was his only team. So. That's that's amazing. He just, I mean, yeah. when you ha- when you have Eckler and Aaron Jones and AJ Brown and Sanders, like you're going to be pretty good. Just, yeah, that'll work out. I should have done that, and I certainly did not. I uh, just take the good players, and you can yeah. win the money. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about anything if you can just pick all, you know, just straight scratch ticket style. Uh, each spot, do it up. It's it's strange, but. I mean, obviously, I'm at fault for this. You're at fault for this. Anyone who does content for DraftKings, I do think there are any sort of daily fantasies at fault for this because we talk because it's a really easy talking point to talk about leverage and talk about strategy and talk about ownership and pivoting off of things. I mean, that's what fills the hour when we talk about this stuff. But it's almost like I spoke to you about like constructing the optimal lineup and how to do that for the President's Cup with this captain's mode in golf. Like, I can come up with the blueprint of how you could you should construct your team to maximize the perfect amount of points. But you still have to pick the right people. And the person who wins just could be six random dudes who end up playing really well, uncorrelated to each other with whatever. That's what we've seen here. Like, just because you use the best strategy doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. And that because you use a bad strategy doesn't mean you can't win either. Of course not. No, it's just, it's sample size. If you do... If you do stupid things over time, you're going to be punished. And if you do smart things over time, you'll have a chance. Then that's really all you can ask for. That's the whole philosophy for me. I, I say that all the time, especially with something like golf. But it applies to NFL too. Is just I want to give myself a chance to get lucky. Uh, if you do that over time, eventually you get lucky at the right time. And then uh, those weeks take care of all the other weeks where stuff doesn't go right or you make mistakes. Yeah, putting yourself into the position to get the luckiest. Like if absolutely, if you see a game on the slate that's projected for a high total, but it's like, oh, there's going to be 25 mile per hour wins. And you're like, oh, geez, I, I can't play anyone from that game. I'm going to go fade that game. And then that game shoots out. Like, I feel like you made the right decision. It just didn't work out. Yeah, you just have to accept that, it, you know, over time, if you're making the right decisions, it will work out. And when it does, you hope to capitalize and most likely you won't. But if you do that enough, eventually you will. Uh, I know it always seems like you don't know how many people I talk to and they say, this was my chance. I missed my only chance. And it's like, no, you didn't trust me. I know it feels that way. But if you keep doing it, 
you will get in position more and more. And then eventually you do just get lucky at the right time and it takes care of itself. Yeah. The, the two biggest mistakes I think that people make, or one's a huge mistake and the other one's a process problem that even I really do struggle with over time and across all of the different DraftKings sports. But one is using the small sample size, using a week or two to be like, well, I got to completely change what I'm doing because it's not working. Like it's, it's two weeks of a football season. Like it, maybe you picked three guys. Maybe you had Mike Evans last week who was fine, but then got injured. Maybe you had three injury guys in your team or whatever. Like it's that sample is not large enough to figure out if you're making mistakes or you need to give up exactly what you're doing. If your process was right. The hardest part is actually figuring out if your process is actually right or wrong. Cause that actually does take time. If your process is bad for a while, which it's been, I mean, it's still probably pretty bad for me, but like when I first started out doing this, like I wasn't stacking or doing anything like that. And I was just bleeding money. Of course it, it's so hard. Cause it's very easy to say every week, Oh, it's just variance. Like, well, may- maybe it's not. And you're making mistakes. Uh, you have to be objective with yourself. And, and the m- most likely it's some variance and you're making some mistakes. I know with my year, I looked and I plugged leaks and then I, I, my results were getting worse, even though I knew, I knew I was making better teams. Uh, that can happen, especially with the weekly sport. This isn't baseball or basketball where you get a new slate every 24 hours and you can run it faster. Like it could take months, years. Uh, in sports like this, where you only have 17 of these things in the NFL. So the other pay down guy is friend of the daily fantasy community, Ben Patrick Laird. Patrick Laird gets to play the Giants this week. He's playing like 80% of the snaps. He's going to be involved in the passing game and he's only 4,500 bucks. Like I do think that the most common build you'll probably find this week is Laird, Washington and McCaffrey all together. Yeah, I think there's going to be some of that. I think there's going to be a good amount of people who play Laird and Saquon. Um, oh, yeah. The same that, that actually makes more sense. Um, no, no. I, yeah, I think that's very viable. Uh, I totally agree. This guy's going to be involved. He can catch passes, racks up the PPR points. So I think you're definitely going to see him, you know, in addition to the guys that we talked about up top. The other guys that you could potentially pay down for, I know it's a tougher matchup against the Eagles, but Adrian Peterson's a really good price. And if there's one thing the Redskins like to do, it's run the ball. They're at home and they're only four and a half point dogs. I think they're definitely live to beat the Eagles who just look like trash right now. $4,400 there. Uh, he's looked pretty good overall. There's no guys. He's been placed on injured reserve. So as long as the Eagles don't get up by a whole bunch, leading to Chris Thompson being on the field, a whole bunch that you're probably going to lock in Peterson for 20 plus touches and all the goal line work. Yeah. I mean, the volume is going to be there without guys. It, the Eagles don't seem capable, especially on the road uh, of blowing anybody out right now. So it, it's just a matter, you know, you know, you're going to take a virtual zero uh, in the passing game. So he needs to find the end zone in tournaments to justify it. You could do worse than that though. And then on the flip side, like I, you know, this is a tournament play for sure. Someone like Tariq Cohen to me in a game where I think the bears will be trailing. He's been getting the targets. You know, he's always live to really explode with the way he plays. He's in that same price range as well. Uh, the other one down there, I probably wouldn't use Cohen. If I was going to do that, I'd probably use Duke Johnson at like a similar yeah. price who does essentially the same thing. Like Richard, if you were playing a whole bunch of lineups, I get using Richard. But the problem is like if it came down to a decision between like Richard, even though he's cheaper and someone like Adrian Peterson, I do feel like Peterson has the touchdown upside to get you there where I don't feel like Richard does like 
he would like he never scores touchdowns to begin with like ever like ever in his career basically but like best case scenario you're looking at him like breaking kind of a long one in the receiving game maybe he ends up with like six for 60 six for 80 something like that but that's probably it for him like that's best case scenario yeah i mean with him you're looking to kind of pat- patch it together he's going to need a handful of carries a handful of targets and then you do have to hope that a guy who really doesn't find the end zone kind of finds it duke johnson is interesting i just I'll be honest. I don't know what to make of the Texans right now. Uh, I was stunned like most people that they came out so flat last week. Now they have a tough game on the road. So we'll see what that really means for this rushing attack. The other two guys who are potentially in play here, everyone is big on Colonel Mostart right now. But before that, it was Breda and it was Tevin Coleman. Now those guys are basically free on DraftKings if you have the guts to use them. Man. I'm I'm not going to do it, but it does seem like every week they do designate one of these guys to be the guy. Right now, it does appear like it's going to be Mostert. If I had to bet on it, I'd say that Mostert scores the most points of these three, but they do seem to switch it up every... Like, if if Coleman comes out and breaks off a 14-yard run the first time he touches the ball, it just could be his game. And it's a revenge game for him. Well, revenge game. But yeah, I just... I I hate... The San Francisco backfield has been frustrating me all year uh with enough other guys because it's not like there's one guy we're looking to pivot against i doubt i get to these guys there's just so many other options for me uh both pure carry guys like ap and then pure patrick Laird types that are going to be catching balls so i think we've described in going through running back the most common builds that people are going to gravitate towards who's the cheap guy i can use and how do i get up to the really expensive guys which means the guys in the middle as they are every single week, unless someone's egregiously priced, are going to come in massively under-owned. So you have like Austin Eckler at 67, uh, Melvin Gordon is 65, Kareem Hunt, Mixon is 61, Gurley, Miles Sanders, Devonta Freeman, Philip Lindsay, David Montgomery, James White. That's 6,700 all the way down to 5,400. And like after that, it's like Mostert and Sony Michelle. And then you're back into that range again that we just talked about. Is there any one player in here that you think you would go to because it doesn't seem like any of these guys are going to be out. Joe Mixon season. Yeah, what can I say? Uh, I know it's a bad matchup, but man, he is starting to turn around. I mean, he was his season was awful, and now he's starting to turn it around. They seem fine giving him carries, even when the game script goes poorly. Uh, they are at home. Yeah, sizable dog, but he's going to get some targets. He's going to get his carries, it seems like, regardless. 6,100. I don't mind going to Mixon once again. He's been playing really well, actually. The line in that game is plus nine for Cincinnati at home. So the Patriots are favored by nine points in Cincinnati. Doesn't that seem like too few points? Like, doesn't it seem like they're temp- they're baiting you to take the Patriots? Yeah, which, you know, as we all know, they don't build those casinos on, uh, you know, obvious that uh, the Patriots, who knows? I'm not going to start saying crazy things because I'm always wrong about them, but Cincinnati at home, I wouldn't be stunned to see them kind of similar to what we saw last week against the Browns. Honestly, they were in the game. Ultimately, they lost. Uh, but Joe Mixon's going to have opportunities. I, I would. I don't think the Patriots are going to come out and just completely decimate them by any stretch. It feels like they should, but like I'm just looking at the handles right now in terms of bet percentage. Like 98 percent of the money is on the Patriots. That'd be the highest sided bet game all year. Then that, that that's not going to work out. If, especially no. if that line stays at nine, you like you might want to bet like Cincinnati money line in this game or something stupid. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. If everybody is on, I'm not going to you know go on a wormhole of reverse line movement, 
But if everybody is pounding the Patriots and that line is holding steady, kind of tells you, you know, that obviously some sharp money is coming in on the other side. You want to know what's shocking? This game has not really been bet all that much so far, but over 85% of the money is on the Bills this week. Whew. Which which um, which is myself included because I like the Bills against the Steelers. Do you? I see. I I like the Cardinals against the Steelers last week and it Me did too. not work. Um yeah, yeah see, this he, is why we had a rough week. Not he, good. He, I, I mean, I had the Broncos money line, so that helped. That really paid off a lot of like stupid okay. mistakes that I made in the gambling world. But I, what I think, and the Bills Steelers game isn't on this slate, so it's more, let's not spend a ton of time talking about it. But better coach, I think that Sean McDermott's a better coach than Mike Tomlin. I think that's close up, and Josh Allen is a significantly better quarterback. Of course, he is. Um, Steelers at home, tough defense. I, it points are going to be at a premium. I think everybody knows that. I mean, they're what is it 38 30 it's sub 40 36 and a half yeah that's <laughs> so we'll see as long as Tomlin doesn't be calling fake punts for no reason I, I kind of lean to the Steelers but yeah it should be a competitive game that's for sure I mean if you want to play like the stinky parlay of the week and like you want to throw all these teams that no one wants to bet on together you could throw the skins plus four and a half Carolina plus six and the Bengals plus nine all together in a parlay because no one is betting those sides of that game. That's correct. Hold your nose type parlays. Those uh, are usually the ones that win too. Of course. Yeah. There's a, like I said, there is a reason uh, for that. So I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't think that the, with Dalton back, the Bengals are at least competent to be competitive in my mind. I will say their defense has gotten a lot better too. Like they generate a pass rush all of a sudden over the past month where that was non-existent. I think they had like six sacks through the first eight weeks of the season. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were so bad. I was stunned how awful that team was. And yeah, now in their, you know, they've got, they had a string of 10 sacks over three games. So they're, they're starting to get some pressure. All right, let's just play a quick yes or no. Yes, you're going to use this guy. No, he's going to be a cross-off for you. Austin Eckler, $6,700. No. Melvin Gordon. Mel G. Probably. I'd say yes. I'm, it's going to be a no for me. The, the Vikings do have a good run defense. I'd probably exactly. prefer Eckler over Gordon, to tell you the truth. Kareem Hunt. Uh, no. Joe Mixon. Yes. Todd Gurley. That's going to be a yes for me. It's going to be a yes for me too, but I, I mean, 27 touches, uh, against Seattle. I don't know if you can see that, but if it's North of 20, I'll, I'll roll the dice at this price tag. Miles Sanders at $5,900. And let's pretend like Jordan Howard's not playing again. Is Boston Scott season. Um, uh, would you use Boston Scott this week? If Howard no. sits again? No, I wouldn't. Cause I think people are going to do that to a, some extent. And I, I think if Miles Sanders is hydrated, uh, I would rather go with him. Is Boston Scott the men? I feel yes. like he is. Yeah, he's 3,000. Yeah, that's going to... I didn't know who that was. Like, <laughs> never was, heard of that person in my life. He was drafted by the Saints last year. As Jake pointed out on the ranking show, he's basically Darren Sproles. Yeah, no, it, it, he is Darren Sproles. I just didn't know. I, I had so many Eagles creative players to score the first touchdown. And uh, that guy. P Paul has something to say. Rappaport saying that uh, Josh Jacobs, MRI, shoulder, looking good, probably going to play this week. Oh, okay. Well, if that completely changes everything, then don't use DeAndre Washington then. Then you're probably going to have to use Patrick Laird. Or Jalen Richard. Don't do that, please. Yeah, yeah. So good thing we picked up on this early. <sighs> I, I mean, I don't know how to feel about that, like from a season long. Like I have, because am I playing you in that awesome playoff? I don't think I am. Mate, mate, we both made it. Wait a... I, 
I am an awful season. I'm not non-existent season long player, but we were in the playoffs. So there I we think, go. I think we came first and second. Beautiful. That's yeah. how we do the golf guys. Love it. Yeah. And you got Josh Jacobs. He's on my team and I have him on a bunch of teams. Like, would he be in play? Like we just talked about DeAndre Washington. He's in this great spot. If Jacobs ends up playing, I doubt people will play him just because they're scared about him in the potential re-injury. That would scare me more in my season-long league more than actually playing him on DraftKings, though. Like if he's going to be sub three percent ownership, I could see myself taking a few shares. Oh yeah, I I like the spot. I assume they wouldn't be. You know, it's one of those things. If he if he is active, there is there's added risk, but there's also still a chance that he sees his normal workload. And if he was not injured, this is as good a spot at home against Jacksonville's lifeless defense. Uh, sign me up. Absolutely. Yeah. If there wasn't an injury tag to go along with Josh Jacobs, he'd likely end up being the highest owned running back on this slate. And because he has this injury, yet he might end up playing. No one's going to take him. So that's that's always the old uh, Arian Foster thing. I think when like basically when DraftKings first started getting going and I started playing, like Arian Foster was always the perfect guy to target because it well, it wasn't the perfect guy to target because some weeks he would actually just sit out at the last second, but he'd always be questionable all week and be a game time decision come Sunday that no one would use him. That if he was activated for the like early slate, he'd be like, Oh, I'll use a ton of Arian Foster because no one else is doing it. The problem with Jacobs here, it's not till the late game. So if we don't know for sure. I guess the pivot's pretty easy. You just know to go to go to DeAndre Washington, I guess. Yeah, I mean, ideally you would have multiple slots open so you could take that $2300 and bump somebody. Uh, but we got what do we got? 3. We have 5 late games, so it's very possible that you have multiple players going, so it's a much easier, you know, situation. And honestly, like sometimes you can overthink these things. Yes, your team would be better if you allocated that $2300 to a better spot, but if you just have to bite the bullet and leave that money on the table to get to oh. DeAndre Washington, I don't think there's a substantial difference between them if they do play like in terms of overall fantasy points. No, no, it's just ideally, you know, you have some dead salary, but it's not like you can't Obviously, that could still be effective. It's just not ideal in a perfect world. Switch to receivers. We talked about all the pay down options that you potentially have at your disposal at running back. And we'll get to the wide receivers here in a second. But if we go to the top of receiver, uh, you have Hopkins, Godwin, Adams, Hill, Diggs, Galladay, Julian Edelman, Julio. Those are your $7,000 guys. Is there one that sticks out to you more than anyone else? Because it does feel like Hopkins is going to go mental in this game. Yeah, he had a big game last week. He's going to see the targets. Big game. Uh, I think he's, you know, when you add everything up, safest guy, you should have the money to get to him. What? I don't want to say what happened because, you know, they were kind of in control. But, man, Devontae Adams last week, not good. I know Aaron Jones is just exploding. But when he doesn't explode, I feel like Devontae Adams is prime for big games at home, divisional game. 7600 I don't mind going right back to him I think he'd be my least favorite of some of these guys it's just it's a tougher matchup and if like we're gonna parse all things being equal yes he probably comes in with the lower ownership but I just don't have the confidence I have in him as DeAndre Hopkins Godwin is the interesting one because Godwin has failed without Evans before like maybe he's just better off being the second guy so Godwin would be my least favorite to be honest because I think people and maybe maybe they're right that they're going to think, oh, Mike Evans is out. Now Godwin's going to get 30 targets. But I, it, as you mentioned, it's not, it hasn't been a slam dunk in the past. We'll see what Detroit throws out there. I, I could be wrong, but I assume Slay is not hurt. Um, I haven't seen anything like that. So it's not going to be the easiest matchup. It's not the worst either. But I would rather go to Adams, 
I mean, working down, someone like Edelman is in a perfect spot, even though that offense is messed up right now. Tyreek Kill is always in play with his upside. So you have plenty of options. But Godwin would be towards the bottom for me, actually. What about Galladay at 7,200? There's now no more. Like, I would think that the target share of Galladay is more directly impacted and going up than necessarily Godwin's was without Evans, as strange as that kind of seems. Like, David Blau sucks, but they're playing the Bucks defense. And I don't think that Galladay is going to garner the ownership that anyone else would in this spot just because it's Blau throwing to him. I agree with that. And I, I think people, you know, it was Driscoll. Like, how how much worse? It might be better Blau versus Driscoll um, for I these think, guys. How dare you besmirch Driscoll? He was hey, great. I tried, I tried to play him. It didn't work. It was. Uh, the, that's not true. It worked once. The week I played him, it worked. He had like 24 points. And that is when I decided to let me start playing this guy right after that. Big, big mistake to chase those points. Um, you know, Hawkinson is gone. Marvin Jones is gone. Amendola is going to get work underneath. But at the same time, I think you're right that Galladay, I, I would say, is going to see double-digit targets here at home. Good matchup. So no problem with him either. Yeah, giant dogs to one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and you're the only guy left on this offense. So I guess we should start kind of picking away at some of these other guys that are going to end up being cheaper. Like, I believe that the Lions only have three active receivers right now. So it's Amendola along with Kenny Galladay and some guy named Chris Lacey. Any interest in Chris Lacey? Chris Lacey. Well, I'm going to have to find out. He is $3,000 this week. I don't... I. I say this a lot. Most times I'm joking. This is a serious one. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, I've never heard of him either. Chris I don't know where he Lacey. Went. Usually, I watch a lot of college football. Don't remember Chris Lacey, so he must have slipped through the cracks. It's not good because I have to type in Chris Lacey MFL to get him. I can't just type yeah. in. It's not one of those guys where you type in their name and they just pop up because they're in the NFL. You have to indicate that he is actually a football player. Where did he go? He was signed by the Patriots out of Oklahoma State at the end of 2018, but didn't make the team. And now he's just randomly on the Lions. All right. No, I I won't go to him, though. No. Six foot three, 93 kilograms, which is like 220 pounds. Big dude. Good for him. Um, Yeah, I'm going to stick with. Do you have any? I don't want to get too crazy, but do you you have any interest in a blow Amendola Galladay stack and then run it back with a guy like Godwin? Well, I'm going to defer to Paul on this one. Paul, when you looked at the pricing to begin this week, what did you tell me? It's Blau Chalk Week, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Play everyone against Tampa. That's all you do. Just play people against Tampa. You don't have to do every single lineup. It doesn't have to be a single entry type of thing, but you just play people against Tampa. It works out more often than not. I mean, that's pretty good analysis, Ben. I I can't say it any better. There you go. Again, that's the theme of the show. Just don't be stupid. Play people against Tampa. Yeah, play, uh, yeah, don't be stupid. Play David Blau. <laughs> yeah, well, now we're getting into the weeds. But I may look to him as if it's going to be a low ownership. That's an interesting stack. The, the problem is, is we've just talked about like a whole bunch of guys that you can save money on that you don't need to save money at quarterback if you don't want to. Therefore, you could play someone good instead of David Blau. Yeah, it would be, again, I'm talking about weird combinations like, say, how many people do you think will play McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook together? Like no. Oh, oh, Ben, I went through this last week. No I good? I played lineups that had Elvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey in them. Those lineups didn't win money. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can confirm. <laughs> um, but those are the type of lineup constructions that you can do, you know, around a cheap 
stack. And when you get the stack right, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand. And then you you're, you have, I don't want to say optimal plays, but you have some of the best available players around. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but it's a, it's a weird lineup construction. I like to do that uh, it, actually in kind of like three, three max or single entries because nobody thinks to do that. So I, I play in like one main like private contest every single week with my friends. Like it's not for a bunch of money, but it's just, you know, I try to put it, designate whatever my best lineup is and put it in there. Guess how many combined passing touchdowns I've got for my teams the past two weeks. One. Zero. Ooh. Foles and Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Yeah, that could be an issue. Um, I mean, it's funny. Like you ran that Jets Miami game a hundred times. Fitzpatrick scores like 52 fantasy points in like 10 of them. Yeah, they had seven field goals. Yeah. That's, you know how many people just looked at the box score and saw 21 and said, oh, you know, normal game? Nope. Nope, not at all. Like just convert two of those and you're having a giant game. Yes, that's correct. It's It was insane. I was watching part of that uh, insane. But you got to, again, that's where you have to look and objectively say, okay, that's just kind of an outlier. I have to live with that result, and I'm going to keep firing on spots like that. So if we stick with that game, Scotty Miller could return, but he's dealing with a hamstring injury. I think he would be the logical replacement for Mike Evans. And obviously, we didn't see him on the field last week, so he didn't get a chance to step in. He's $3,000. If he sits again, it does appear like Justin Watson is going to be the guy to take over those Mike Evans snaps with Brashad Perriman just kind of playing his regular role. Justin Watson is $3,700 with Jameis thrown to him in this game. Do you think a lot of people are going to use him or not enough people will use him? <laughs> so I, I think that people will will use him, but not as a one-off, most likely. I, I think if people go to Jameis, they're going to click in Godwin. They're going to click in probably OJ Howard. But if not... They will look to either Perryman or Watson. So I get the appeal there. But as a one-off, if you want some cheap exposure to Tampa without going to the game, I don't mind that. Somebody down there is going to get the targets. Uh, and we know how up and down each and every Bucks game seems to be. Uh, Perriman, for reference, is $4,500. That seems a bit too expensive for him. I mean, it certainly can work. He's going to see some some targets, but you're, you're sealing your floor, all of that is impacted by that $800 makes a gigantic difference. So how about this? We go back up to the top and talk about all these guys. I got a name for you. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a guy that can win you potentially a million dollars this week. His name, Julio Jones at San Francisco, 10 and a half point underdogs. However, it does like San Francisco got really hurt in that Saints game. They lost their center. Obviously, that's not going to affect Julio whatsoever. But Richard Sherman might not play, and Quan Williams might not play. Uh, both of their starting cornerbacks, uh, Terrett might not play. He's their starting safety, and D Ford might not play. Who's their best edge rusher or second best edge rusher, I suppose, after Bosa? Like the Niners' defense might not be good this week, and if they can still get up on offense and force Matt Ryan. And remember the first three weeks when Matt Ryan was like the greatest fantasy quarterback of all time because they get down by 40 points and he'd garbage. He'd basically do what Deshaun Watson did to people last week. That Julio could be perfectly live and frankly, no one is using him. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't scored since week three. No one is going to use him. Ridley is gone. It was a pirate type victory for the Niners, just so banged up. God, I... It's it's interesting. Ownership is going to dictate what I do, to be honest. I don't want to cop out on that, but it's true. If Julio is not getting interest and I can get cheap leverage, 
I will use him because the touchdowns will come around. The targets should be there. I mean, these dudes behind him are not real people, so he yeah, should yeah. be in line for a ton of work. You had the guy's name who I can't pronounce, so I just call him the Wizard of Oz. So he's yep. up there. OZ, my guy. Uh, Russell Gage, Austin Hooper, Christian Blake. Like, these are not good players. Justin well, Hooper's, good Ho- Hooper's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Hooper's all right, but it's it's not great. I'll, I'll put it like that. It's certainly not. It's going to be, targets are going to be there. It's just, there is a real chance that they are rendered ineffective uh, as an offense. They're big dogs on the road here. They are, but that should lead to a gigantic passing script. And if the Niners defense is like legitimately missing five of its starters, it might not look the same. Just throwing that out there. No, I just, they also might sack Matt Ryan many times. This is true. So the $6,000 range at wide receiver, you got Lockett, Evans is done, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, Emmanuel Sanders, and getting a big price bump up. Uh, let's see here. Murray Cooper, Cooper Cup, Devontae Parker, not sure if he's going to play or not yet. Um, although it is a pretty nice matchup for him. Keenan Allen, Odell, Thielen, Robert Woods. Woods is still a pretty good price. Although, did all of his regression come at one game or the past two weeks, basically? Yeah, two games. Um, I don't know. You know, the Rams... They're tough because they they do things that I I don't understand. Now, Cooper Cup apparently is healthy. Didn't see the snaps last week. They say it's a personnel thing. Okay. I I don't really know what to make of this kind of stuff. But you can look to these mid-range guys similar to the the backs. I don't think they're going to garner a ton of interest with more people doing stars and scrubs. Landry, I like a lot. DJ Moore, I like a lot. That's basically it. Devontae Parker, if he plays, I do have interest in. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in line with you. I I want to say Amari Cooper, but I don't know if I can do it. I think I'd rather play Gallup this week. I, I you know what? I'd just rather not play either of them. Yeah, that's. I'd rather play Zeke if I had to take exposure to the Cowboys. To be honest. Yeah. So the five K level. I mean, you have DK and AJ Brown. Uh, at sixty one and six thousand dollars, I don't. It doesn't seem like a good week to chase AJ Brown up two thousand dollars. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. He's fantastic, but no, I'm not doing that. Like I'd much rather pay a hundred dollars less and get Cortland Sutton, just coming off a bad week. Yeah, I have no problem with that. They're also going to have to throw often in Arrowhead, so he's and Drew Locke. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Fuller may or may not play, but then you have like Debo in here, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is very enticing at home against Cleveland at 5,500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played Christian Kirk a lot this year. The targets are steady. Kyler is okay. I guess I'm not a big fan, but at home against Cleveland, what about, and I never played this guy. He made an absurd catch last week. Any love for McLaurin? Well, let's bring back in show producer Paul Shaughnessy <laughs> to tell us all about. We've been now how we've been trying to find a nickname for Terry McLaurin all year, Ben. Absolutely. You know what he is? He has high T. High T. So I like it. Let's hear it, Paul. I mean, he runs like a four three. I think he runs like a four three five at like the combine. Like the Eagles can't cover super athletic wide receivers. Slayton absolutely torched them on Monday night. Like this has been a thing that happens all season. Sometimes it's like, oh, maybe they fixed their secondary. But it's like if you get a supreme athlete, which McLaurin is, like he's gonna eat their lunch. I'm actually considering stacking him with Dwayne Haskins, which is like super high T. <laughs> 
there you have it. I, it's good reasoning. The, my biggest fear is that Haskins can't hit him when he's open. Yeah, that's a legitimate concern. Um, but it, it is true that like the Tyree kill prototype receiver against the Eagles secondary to me uh, could go absolutely nuclear. So are you going to use him? Or do you ha- do you have enough T in your system to use Terry McLaurin? I I think I do struggle from low T, but I'm going to try to boost that with Terry McLaurin here and, and see what we can do. I like it. I like it a lot. So the injury guys you could potentially go to, they're all kind of in the $4,000 area. If Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker both sit in this game, Alan Hearns is just sitting there at $4,700. So you could use him or you could use that other guy. That they were real keen on using? No, that's not his name. Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford, 3700 bucks. Any interest in those two? Because I keep gravitating towards these Dolphins. I'm going back to Fitzpatrick this week. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I ironic. I don't know if it's ironic. Albert Wilson was on important teams of mine, and he was injured immediately. I didn't even realize that till it was too late. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Hearns is there. Isaiah Ford, I, I don't know. I believe that's a former hokey um was that guy on the bills or is that a different guy no i think it's a different guy i think you're thinking of isaiah i think you're thinking of isaiah mckenzie McKenzie. who's still on the bills well you win some you lose some but someone is going to be catching we know that Fitz has to throw the ball nine targets it's really just a pecking order of who's available because laird is going to take some of this i think we all know that yeah, and uh, Laird is probably the superior play of all these guys. Um, DJ Chark is still in a walking boot. The Jags are six and a half point dogs, like we pointed out, against the Raiders. So someone should feasibly be getting these targets. Not going to all be Leonard Fournette. So you have D.D. Westbrook, and D.D. Westbrook is $4,600. Then you have Chris Conley. Chris Conley is $3,600. And that should lead to a boost in playing time for Keelan Cole, who is the minimum. Any of those three guys do it for you? Uh, I'm always a D.D. Westbrook guy. The targets will be there. Works out of the slot. Can be effective. Touchdown upside. I mean, he's only got two on the year, and I assume they're sticking with Minshew. It's it's bad right now, but I, I still, at these price tags, will be willing to go to him if I'm in a jam. Keelan Cole, not so much this year, but at least over the past few, has been like their high dot guy, that if they're going to take shots down the field, he's the one who's going to do it. He's going to find himself on the field way more than usual now. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this is a team that is truly lifeless right now. They were so bad last week. Uh, I mean, it made the Chargers look good, so there you go. Uh, do you think that there would ever be a point this season where Brashad Perriman and Brendan Cooks would be the same price? No, what a world. We Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously, what a world. But he's coming off the old, the bagel. Um, but is this the classic case of good, historically good player, wildly underpriced because he's been so bad recently that just still no one's going to play him, even though he's $2,000 cheaper than he probably was a month ago. The the problem is he, so I would, I would back him in the spot if the snap count was right, but he only played like a third of the snaps and that well, they, I can't get to. I mean, they got up, so they went big. And like when John McVay talks about game planning, I actually do believe him there. That's why you didn't see Cooks or Cup on the field. Like they used their backup backup tight end along with Higby just to run the ball down, down Seattle's throat. And it was effective the entire time. And then you have Robert Woods, who's sneakily one of the best blocking wide receivers in football. They just don't need those guys on the field. I don't think that's going to be the case against Dallas. No, I don't either. I just, 
it's just added risk that I'm not super excited to embrace. Okay. Um, any other of these guys potentially? Because I said the giveaway was smash the like button, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and give me your favorite 3,000 level receiver. Like, Auden Tate is now injured for the year. Do you want to use some John Ross against the Patriots? Maybe you could sneak behind the D. I mean, I, I didn't think that was like the most absurd idea <laughs> last week coming back. He, he barely the, played. Yeah, that was, it turned out it was a terrible idea. Um, Honestly, I would just rather go to, to someone like Watson or Ford if we got word uh, that some of those Dolphins guys are sitting. So Watson is 37, Ford is 37. Greg Ward, I believe, is $3,000. And if Aguilar doesn't come back, Elshon is out for the year. And it looks like Arsega Whiteside's going to play, but like Ward could be on the field a ton here at 3000 bucks against the Skins. Yeah, I like whoever, you know, they ran, they literally ran out of receivers. They were using three tight ends at the end of that game, so... Greg Ward, if if our Seagull Whiteside comes back, he should be involved. No no problem with the cheap eagle if you want to spell it like that. So like Conley's 36. He's potentially in play. The Wizard of Oz, uh, he is $3,500. If you believe that the San Francisco secondary is really beat up, he did take over for Calvin Ridley and played on the outside opposite Julio Jones. So it does seem like that could be his job. He's a big play guy. Um, you also have a situation too. If Auden Tate is out, AJ Green doesn't play. That means that Alex Erickson gets to showcase his skills for the Patriots before he joins them in three years. Yeah, and then catches 130 balls. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with probably just Mixon. I don't know what they'll do with Gilmore in terms of covering Boyd, but I, I think I'll just stick with Mixon. Arcega Whiteside appears like he's going to return to practice and play and be the only healthy Eagles wide receiver that generally plays. He's $3,300. Here's the issue with him, though. He can't catch. Yeah, that's a slight problem. It's crazy to say that, too, because in college, he was just unstoppable, you know, just jump balls, red zone, just amazing. So we'll see. But it, you're going to have... I mean, finding value is not the problem this week. That's for sure. No, but it's it's parsing between what's the good value, which yep. is just like bad players. Yeah, you're going to have to gravitate. You got to be cognizant of the ownership, of course. And then you just want to realize, okay, how much is too much? And, and should I balance it a little more in the mid-range? Because that's going to create an ownership vacuum. I'm telling you, Julio. Julio's the play at the top. Julio's those, interesting. If all those guys sit, I think Julio's the play. That is very interesting because I don't know if people are necessarily going to get there with just how poor it's been for the Falcons. Yeah, sometimes. Listen, if you're going to, as I always say, if you're going to lose every week anyway, you might as well try to lose in spectacular fashion. Of course. It's all about street cred, so I like it. <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, we've kind of talked around quarterbacks and tight ends so far, but if we look at it, Mahomes is the most expensive at home against Denver. Uh, Russell Wilson on the road. Jameis. A lot of like flat, more expensive pricing than we're used to at quarterback. I do think of all the guys, Deshaun Watson at 68. I can see myself having a lot of Deshaun Watson. Ryan Fitzpatrick, everyone's just going to bail on him after a bad week, but he threw a ton, gained a ton of yards, just didn't score any touchdowns. And now he gets an equally bad matchup or a good matchup against the Giants, $6,200. I like that. And like you mentioned Blau and those type of guys, but. I don't think that you need to go down that low. Like I'm not entirely out on Matt Ryan at $5,900 either. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course, like every week you're going to look to, to your skill position. If it gravitates towards a stack, you're going to want that quarterback. Uh, I, I like Blau if cheap. Matt Ryan in the mid range. Uh, Deshaun is just, he seems to get there even, you know, in a blowout, he had plenty of garbage time. 
other than that, though, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't know if I love it maybe with Adams, but I, I don't think that's really necessary. I don't think the ceiling's as high as those other guys. Okay, how about this? You talked about Blau. Paul brought up Haskins. Like, you want to save this money. Now, Haskins is 4600 so that's, like, incredible savings if you have the guts to play him. But Blau is 5300 Kyler Murray is only $5,600. Like, there's no world where I'd use Blau over Murray. Yeah, I guess that I, I guess that's fair. And, and I, the only way I will use Blau is if I stack the Lions. Um, with the Cardinals, it's going to be yeah, you're going to use Kyler Murray, you're going to use Kirk. Uh, and that, that's it. You can just do that if you want to. Oh and, no problem. And maybe use Landry or Odell. And just because we know these games are fast paced, although the Browns really want to run the ball, that no team stacks the box more in football than the Cardinals for reasons unknown. <laughs> but you can pass all over them if you want to. I just, uh, I can't believe that Kyler Murray isn't so far as a rushing threat to the extent I thought he would be. He's he's really not giving you that much. Well, he's he's being passive on it too because he has the lanes to run. He's just not running. I know, and that's, I'm mind boggled by that. Like I thought that he would have games where he was so ineffective passing, but he gave you a buck 15 on the ground and a touchdown. Oh, there's always time for a comeback. Sure. It always yeah, I mean, it always happens when people give up on you. That's when you start doing the thing that we thought you were going to do in the first place. He is who we thought he was. So I, I guess I, I just I'm not sure how low I'll need to go. I'm not going to go to like, yeah, like Tannehill. I have little interest in. That's probably um, a mistake, by the way, because he's been maybe I just I, I'm not going to I'm not going to play him either. But <laughs> yeah, him and A.J. Brown, if they beat me once again, uh. I guess I'll just have to live with it. Let's talk about tight ends because this is a clear distinction of, are you paying up a tight end for one of the four good tight ends? That'd be Kelsey Kittle, Ertz or Darren Waller, or are you just paying down? Like you can start basically at Gesicki at $4,000 and work your way down. If you wanted to like the, uh, the old flow chart would say play David and Joku against the Cardinals. And I listen, I'm not going to talk you out of that. He had a red zone target last week, playing 36% of the snaps. I think he'll play more this week. He'll be involved. But Gesicki, Higby at 39, if Everett sits again, he's just been amazing. And Dallas is not great against tight ends to begin with. Then you have a situation where without Mike Evans, I think you might see more vertical routes from OJ Howard in this game. That is a pure 40 points or zero points but he's only 3500 bucks you could you could fail with him and still be okay and then you have ian thomas if greg olson sits again he's 3100 bucks like i think all of those guys are in play potentially even nick o'leary as well with dj chark out yeah i mean just kind of envisioning my lineups i think most likely i'll have some money so i can go get kittle or Ertz or one of these top guys but if not it's not a problem i will just pay down the guys we talked about, uh, you have options. I, I don't think anything really stands out. OJ Howard does interest me quite a bit. Uh, I think he could get involved here. Ian Thomas. Other than that, I mean, I want to say Irv Smith, but I'm just not going to. So big, big Irv's not great. No, he's really not. Tyler Eifert used to be really good. He yeah, finally he's all, he's he's also not good. No, I know it's amazing. I always thought like. Is that guy ever stays healthy? Watch out. It turns out he just not that good. So look, yeah. looking, looking at the millionaire maker ownership from last week, Powell was over 30%. You know, Ian Thomas was only 12%. I figured he would have been way higher than that. Same to be honest. I actually 
shrunk some exposure to him uh, when I I shouldn't have done that, but whatever. Yeah, Caden Smith. If um, if Ingram and well, let's say okay, let's say Evan Ingram is healthy because even if he, Ingram sits and Ellison sits, there's better plays than Caden Smith in his like range. He's no longer twenty five hundred bucks. But if Evan Ingram is healthy against the Dolphins, no one's going to use him. It's almost like that Josh Jacobs situation. Would you just go to him? Yes, because Ed, if you told me that now it's a foot, so keep in mind there's a real issue of possible but, like, but, snap count. But but what would be the reason to bring him back on a snap count at this point? Absolutely, they're well said. So if you're telling me that at home he is sub five k against the Dolphins, he would be obvious, obvious popular play. Um, so I would embrace that. You're getting a discount, a significant discount over guys like Ertz and, and Kittle, and it's not to say I don't like them because I do. But I would have some ignorant exposure. Finally, let's figure out what defense is we need to shove in here. I did okay last week with this because I played a ton of the Steelers. That worked out really well. And I played some Chiefs against the Patriots and the Bengals, and they were cheap and they didn't kill you. Like they, I think they scored like six and nine points or something like that. Like they didn't obviously win me a million bucks, but they also didn't hurt me whatsoever. And they freed up a lot of stuff for my lives. The Patriots are the most expensive here. 4K, the Niners are second at 38. Seahawks, Bucks, Chiefs, Eagles, Browns, Raiders, Vikings, Packers. Looking at these ones, I don't know if I'm going to play any of these defenses. I think they're they all do. overpriced. Yeah, they they are. I mean, I I don't like to spend up a defense. The Niners and the Chiefs, I, I think, are in very good spots, but they are very priced up to me. I would drop down to I like the Redskins defense, twenty six hundred dollars. I also like I also like the Redskins defense at twenty six hundred dollars. All right, there you go. Um, you know, high T will get them going. They'll be able to uh, get after Wentz. It's a, it's a perfect situation. I like that we're on high T. High T is a good name. It's a great name. I'm 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 a big fan of this. Arizona at home, twenty two hundred bucks against Baker, who does nothing but turn the ball over and get sacked. Yeah, I could say right above them too. James is going to move the ball, but he's going to turn the ball over at the same time. Like, I have no problem. 2,300. Trying to see how is the, just in my mind, and I know that they've basically, once they made that trade uh, with the Seahawks midseason, like Detroit hasn't won a game since, and their defense is horrendous now. But I just want to see if they're still generating pressure. Don't feel like they, they are. That would be an issue. Yeah, they that is a issue. Um, I mean, if you want to talk a team, and again, I don't think you really need to do this, but you you are right that the Bengals have generated a little more pressure. Oh boy! In recent weeks, eighteen hundred dollars. I, I don't think you need to do that because there are competent. Like, I'd rather pay four hundred bucks for the Cardinals. Um, yeah, like D- Detroit is twenty ninth in football in adjusted sack rate. It's not yeah, great. That's not good. But I mean, it is against. I mean, Cincinnati was last. They've moved past Detroit in sack right now. Any love for? I know it's probably a product of playing the Jaguars, but the Chargers' defense looked like the version I expected. Derwin James, Bosa, um, at home, Kirk Cousins, and any love there at twenty four hundred. I actually I like the Vikings in this game. Apparently, like I'm on an island about this, but okay. the, the Vikings are just going to run the ball. Probably true. Like, I'm trying to think here. Dolphins defense against probably Eli? 
I mean, or Giants defense against Fitzpatrick. Yeah, any of these bad games, you can just go either side and it's somewhat viable. But I really, like I said, in that range, give me the Redskins. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of talking myself into the Cardinals a little bit here. Okay. I I play them frequently. They're fine defense for cheap. They're cheap. Last week. Yeah, they're cheap. They're at home. And if we talk about teams that actually like do generate pressure, like they're not horrendous. No. And or are Baker. they? Let's see. Where, where are they at here? They're 19. No, no, I'm look, totally looking at the wrong thing. Baker's dealing with a hand injury. Yeah, Baker's hand. Yeah. Where the hell is Arizona? Oh, so they're in the upper tier. They're 13th. They're ahead of Buffalo and Tennessee and Baltimore in adjusted sack rate. So they get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, adjusted sack rate. I mean, if you're using something like that, I just, you know, like the Niners, teams like that are going to get pressure, of course, that come to mind. But you're going to be able to find some cheap teams also in the top half of a stat like that. Do you want to know who is third and fourth? I mean, if you can find the money to pay for the Patriots, just pay for the fucking Patriots. But it's 4000 bucks. But teams three and four in adjusted sack rate this season, both playing teams that can't protect their quarterback. One is Washington. Washington is fourth in adjusted sack rate this year. But teams just generally run the ball against them because they're always beating the Redskins. But this game could be close. The number three team against a team that cannot protect its quarterback, except their quarterback is exceptionally good. That is the issue. Who is this team? Uh, well, I mean, I my guess was going to be the Steelers, but they're not on the slate. Um, so I think that's wrong. I'll say the the Rams. The Panthers. The Panthers. Russell Wilson takes sacks. He does. He does take sacks. Yeah, I should have thought about that a little more. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, I, I don't. Again, they're all in that same bucket. There's a lot of variance. I think we all know this with defense. It's more about just you kind of want to mix and match. I think that's the philosophy that most people take. Now, I, I talked about the Arizona thing is more of a savings play if you want to pay down. The Browns, although I guess without Miles Garrett, maybe it's a bit tougher, but they're only 3300 bucks. That's Kyler also takes a lot of sacks. <laughs> Kyler certainly takes a lot of sacks. I think in that range, I'm getting $200. I'm going to Arrowhead. Uh, yeah. We'll see if Drew Locke can keep that up. Yeah, I, maybe the move. Like, I Do you think a lot of people will get to the Patriots here? I think more people, A, the Patriots have been on isolated games in terms of showdown and got there. I think that impacts their ownership. And B, with all the value. Uh, people are going to have the money to pay 4000 So, yes, I do. But I, I would kind of swing that the other way to say that the perception of the Patriots just as of you know, the past few weeks is way down that people That's might true. say that, hey, it's, I can't justify spending $4,000 on the Patriots defense while I'm using these receivers I've legit never heard of. That is true. Obviously, the Patriots are not playing well. I don't know if people will view the remedy for that as playing the Bengals. Um Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Hmm. All right. Ben Raza, tell everyone where they can listen to you over the holiday season. Holiday season. Yeah. Awesome.com. Stop on over, you know, football. We still have good amount and playoffs are coming. Golf will be starting up in a couple of weeks. We have NBA. Uh, I'll be doing a ton for bowl season. So awesome.com. You can use the promo code jazzraz, sign on up 50% off. So we'd love to have you over the holidays. Are there, is there a DraftKings for bowl season? So they, they should be running some stuff. I don't know if they're going to do like one big tournament or, or smaller slates, but I will, uh, I will, I, I'm going to be playing as much as I can. So I'm excited for it. Are you full on into uh, college hoops yet? 
so I I bet college hoops. I don't play it a ton, to be honest, on the DraftKings side. But yeah, I'll be big games tonight. Michigan, Illinois, a lot, a lot of games coming up uh, conference season. I should probably let people know, too, that you can catch Ben on the Pat Mayo experience as we do our draft for yes. the 2020 PGA season. That Those are two shows. They're going to be a lot of fun. So go check that out. Like Ben mentioned, you can follow him at DFS on Twitter and awesome.com. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Vote for me in that thing I told you about. You can find the link in the description of this video or podcast. Please go do that. Uh, draw for 20 DK bucks, the receiver one, the subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, the $75 draw. Getting both, you can do that and play in the listeners league. The link is also in the description of this podcast or video. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck in week 15. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.